We read together to remind us of where we are going. That is towards Jesus. Allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, global, and apostolic church. We believe in the forgiveness of sins proclaimed in water baptism. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Are those good words to hear this morning? Okay, you didn't bring your voices today. Hey, are you glad to be here today? Oh, that's a little better. All right. Well, very good. Well, um, I want to welcome you to Faith Church. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're kind of new around here, my, my name is Clayton. Uh, I'm on the pastoral team. And, uh, and if you're not new around here and we haven't met, my name is Clayton and I'm on the pastoral team. And uh, super glad to have you with us today. If you're joining us online, we are so grateful that, uh, that you are joining us online and we're um, we're excited that we can connect in that way. So um, uh, just in case, if, like I said, if you are uh, expecting Pastor Matthew, he's traveling this weekend, and so I get the privilege of filling in and uh, speaking to us this morning. So if you are, uh, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, we started a collection of messages on mindsets called Mindsets Matter, da, 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 da. we have the t-shirt and everything, um, Mindsets really matter, okay? And if you uh, have been around here for a while, you're probably like, wait a minute, didn't we talk about, yeah, we did actually talk about that. Uh, Pastor Matthew wrote a book called Mindset Matters. Um, he's, he's, he spoke through these mindsets, and they are important enough that it's worth repeating. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. We see in Scripture that anytime that Jesus really wanted to emphasize something, he actually said it again. Um, and so we are saying our mindsets again. And, uh, and as we go through these, it kind of helps provide a vision of where we are going together, okay? Um, now, before we get into our mindset, I want to speak on mindsets in general and how important they are. Uh, there's a scripture uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to read that for us, 
And uh, if you want to follow along with the sermon notes today, you can down or you can go to faithchurchks.org, uh, and uh, some of the scriptures will be there for you to follow along. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So that verse talks about our physical body. Now verse 2 talks about our mind. This is the one that we really want to focus on for this series. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, our mindset is critical when it comes to engaging with God the Father. Um, I, I think about um, you know, there's some people who, who kind of think, well, God's kind of mostly mad, right? Well, if you think God is mostly mad, then you're probably going to have a little bit of a distance from him, right? You're going to be like, I'm like, we can kind of coexist, but I don't want to get too close. Uh, another popular opinion is that God is mostly disappointed in us. So it's like when we come to him, we're like, hey, God, uh, sorry, I, I screwed everything up again. And um, kind of the world is a mess. Sorry about that. It's probably my fault. And, you know, so like we approach God kind of like, um, like he kind of feels sorry. He's a little disappointed in us. But I think the most popular and truthful attitude that God has is he is mostly glad. He is mostly really excited about humanity. He is mostly really excited to know you, to know you deeply and richly. And um, so it's really important that we hold to that mindset as we approach who, God, who we approach God. Because if we don't, we're going to have some other filters that we're going to be like, that can be confusing. So as we look at mindsets, this is a definition of mindset, right? The established set of attitudes held by someone. Um, I, have, I have four children. Um, I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, the oldest three are boys, and the youngest, the two-year-old, is our one and only baby girl, all right? Now, one thing I'm discovering is that, that girls have different attitudes about some things. Uh, they have some different mindsets. And uh, one of the one that is a little scary for me is that I realize when I tell my two-year-old little girl, um, hey, don't do that, or whatever it is that's against her little will, she's figured out that she kind of just needs to turn sideways and look over her shoulder and flash a big smile at me. And things change somehow. And um, so, <laughs> that, so, so mindsets start really early on, and I'm realizing uh, even within our home, it's important that we work and uh, cultivate good mindsets. Uh, so pray for me. Um, it's going to be good. Uh, mindsets anchor us to who we are and what we do, okay? And so that's why we are taking the first five Sundays to talk about our mindsets, because we together are going somewhere. And if you want to know where and why and how we're doing that, we need to understand the mindsets of how we're going that direction. Um, 
I've got a quote here by an author named A.W. Tozer, and I don't remember quotes, so this one was really impactful for me, um, but, and it really applies to what we're talking about. And what he said, he said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah, I'll say that one more time. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I, I agree because when we come to Scripture, when we come to church, when we treat people, like we often are, we have attitudes predetermined that determine our behavior. In fact, that's one thing that we talked about last week. Our mindset uh, was we are rooted. And uh, Pastor Matthew, he, this is what one of the lines he said. He said, what you're rooted in determines how you think. And what you think about is what you do. And what you do is who you are becoming, right? Um, now, pop quiz. Can anybody remember the, the three things we're rooted in? I'm just kidding. I'm just, everybody's like, uh. If you need a hint, they're written on the wall outside. So it's kind of an open book test. All right. So I will, I will remind you. These are the things that as faith church we're, we're rooted in. One is a simple message of Jesus. Two is a historic orthodox doctrine. And three is the power of his spirit. Can you say amen to that? All right. <laughs> Here at Faith Church, these, the, like I said, these things we're talking about is because it's really important that, that we have an understanding. And I, and I say we because um, I, I deeply believe that it is just as important for each one of you to understand the mindsets as it is our staff right? The mindsets are not just for the people here up on stage to kind of run a church. That's not what the church should be, right? We are together in this. Just because I'm up here and you're sitting down there doesn't make me more important. It just means we have different roles, right? So, so we have to have, uh, com like, commu our guidelines need to be clear. Our mindsets need to be clear, all right? So this week we're talking about our second mindset that we're talking about is we are for people. Say it with me. We are for people. All right, very good. Now, this is a, um, you might say, well, you really need to put that on your wall? <laughs> like, you really got to remind yourself that you're for people, right? Like, when I go, like, you know, sometimes I'll travel to a conference or be around town. They're like, hey, tell us about your church. And I'm like, oh, we're for people. And they're like, really? You, really? You have to say that? Like, you like, isn't everybody for people? And it's like, well, okay, well, let, so when we say we are for people, it is worthwhile asking the question, why, right? Even though nobody's going to say, well, wh why are you for people? That's a, that's a crazy thing. Like, people are, you know, okay, well, all right. Well, let's talk about that. Everybody say, why? Well, good. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you why. Uh, because I, I think that it's... Uh, it's important that we ask why. You, do you remember, you know, when kids are like mm, about this age and uh, they have lots of why questions, you know? Hey, why is the sky blue? Oh, because God created it. Well, why did he create it blue? Well, I don't know. I just, he, you know? And so there's, there's lots of those why questions. And somehow when we become an adult, it's easy to stop asking the why questions, right? And the why questions are really important, especially as we grow in our relationship with God. 
we need to keep asking why. Now, sometimes we get an answer and sometimes we don't. But since you asked, why are we four people? Well, let's, let's jump into it. So the first thing that I would, I would speak to you is that people are made in the image of God. That is why we're four people, all right? So let's, let's look. Let's go to Genesis 1, and we're going to look at the creation account, uh, and, and we're going to walk through the days and, um, and look at, at how, what I mean by that. All right, so day one, God says, let there be light. We've got light. Day two, I'm not going to read the whole story. Uh, it's a great study to go through that. Day two, the atmosphere is created. Day three, dry ground and plants are created. Day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Day five, the birds and the sea creatures. And as I was reading through this, I was like, I was like, hey, actually, I didn't say it to my wife, but I thought about saying it to my wife. And I said, hey, this is like he's building his own little terrarium. Like, you know, it's like this cool little thing, you know, because we have one. It sits there on the, on the thing, and it, you know, it's its own little ecosystem. And uh, I said it correctly that time, right? I struggled with that first service, the terrarium. Um, so, so at this point... Right? It's this cool little terrarium in, in outer space, and then day six comes along. And you can join us, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Is, I'll, I'll read through this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, we don't have time this morning to unpack the ridiculous amount of amazingness that, that's contained within being an image bearer of God. But in that short little passage, we can see that God really likes his creation, especially, you know, in all those days, he, he said he looked at it and it was good. He looked at it, it was good. And then he created man and he said, it's very good because he put something of himself into the, those humans, right? So now we have become image bearers of the creator. Um, The image of God is a foundational concept for understanding our own significance and purpose. Understanding how we are made in God's image helps us to see the basis for dignity, purpose in others, right? This is critical to help us understand deeply how we should treat people, right? I think it's easy for us when we, um, <laughs> when we, when we have that coworker that we don't get along with. Well, he's surely he can't be created in the image of God, or or maybe we have some pre-existing conditions about um, people that are currently homeless, or maybe people who are um, are struggling with substance abuse. Right? We, we have these pre-idea notions about them, and we forget that every person on the planet is created in the image of their creator. Boy, if I could remember that when I am driving, <laughs> I think that would be helpful, right? 
So I'm preaching to myself here. It's really important that we remember that. Um, I used to teach here at the college, uh, at the community college here in town, and I taught communication, and uh, there was one section of the class that I tried to, um, I, I, I presented uh, uh, opinions that were pretty controversial, okay? And so the goal of this kind of this time was to, to, to try to teach college students how to uh, take topics that they really disagreed on and how to actually have a communication or have a discussion about it, which could sometimes be um, interesting to say the least. But uh, I remember this one time, we, uh, the, the topic that I chose was uh, a couple years ago, there's kind of a big debate on whether college students should be allowed to carry firearms on campus. So I, I brought that to the table and I said, hey, you guys think you should carry guns? <laughs> we had a great debate, all right? Um, but one of my favorite positions was my point was not to, my job was not to like tell them the right or the wrong or the whatever. My job was to teach them how to communicate. So what I had the great pleasure of doing was no matter what they said, I said, well, what about this? <laughs> and it was great fun for me. So they would say, you know, well, uh, you know, well, we, yeah, all the, everybody should carry. And then I was like, wait a minute. He's like, even the untrained, well, maybe maybe just the teacher should have guns. I was like, oh, you want to give me a gun? Well, they're, they're like, well. Uh, and then we went through back and forth, and, and finally, somebody said something that I, I'd never had it happen in any of my classes, and they said, well, what's the answer then, Mr. Whitson? <laughs> and I was unprepared for that question. And the, the, I had something revelatory pop into my mind, and I I, it had to have been the Holy Spirit because I'd never actually thought about how I would answer that question. And I said, well, I said, <clears throat> I think that when you're dealing with matters of life and death, we must start on the value of a human being, right? Because if we don't value, if we don't place the right value on a human being, it skews the entire argument. And you can apply that to lots of different arguments going on today, right? If you don't have an understanding that you are God's image bearer, created to ref reflect his goodness, love, and glory, your identity and understanding of your purpose will never be fully realized because you're not going back to the full source of who you are. Now, now, you might think, well, hang on. Okay, so that was pre-fall, right? That was before Adam and Eve sinned and kind of blew the whole thing up. And uh, so does it still count? Does it still count today? Are we still the, we still the thing? And uh, I, I would argue, and I'd say the answer is yes, okay? So God is speaking to Noah, and we're going to read here in Genesis 9, 5, and 6. Uh, God is giving Noah some instructions about how to live, okay? Because uh, Noah's kind of one of the, the leaders, and, and, and he, says, he says, God says this to Noah, and I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a, a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. Now, here's the thing. For God made human beings in his own image. So in chapter 9 of Genesis, God is reminding again his people that, hey, you're made in my image. Okay? And then in the New Testament, we hear it again. James uh, in chapter 3, he's talking about the power of the tongue, right? So we're not going to read through the whole chapter. I'm gonna, just going to jump right to the verse that I want, to, I want us to see. And it says, uh, remember, we're talking about the power of the tongue. James 3, verse 9 says, Sometimes 
it phrases our Lord and Father. And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God, right? So even in the New Testament, James is reminding us again, listen, humanity is made in the image of God, right? Um, an interesting quote that I found from C.S. Lewis, and I like this because it's, it's a little cheeky, and he's like, hey, there are no, or you have never met, there are no ordinary people. You have never met a mere mortal. So I want to encourage you today. You are immortal beings. Have you ever thought about that? Wait a minute. Aren't I going to die well? The Bible says that you are going to live forever. Where you align your allegiance will determine where you spend eternity. Right? Okay? So we need to understand that that God has created humankind in his image to reflect his glory to the earth, right? It's fascinating. Like I said, we're going to move on to, um, to the next point. So that's the why, right? Why we are for people. We are for people because God has created every person on the planet in his image. Now, okay, so part two, right? If, if Adam and Eve were kind of like human 1.0, well, they kind of downgraded themselves, and then, and then humankind, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are like, wait a minute, I, I feel something's missing. There's a brokenness in my life, something I am disconnected from my creator. And what happens is through any number of events, people find their way to Jesus, and they, they say, oh, this is, this is who I am. This is, this is who I'm created to be. And they, they, they invite Jesus to, to be a part of their life. And they say, I want to follow the way of Jesus. And so there's this restoration that happens back when, when somebody says, I want to believe and follow Jesus. This restoration back to their creator happens, okay? And so now you've got these people who have said yes to Jesus. So what are these people called, right? What, 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 are, what are we doing here? Like, what, what is this group called? He's like, is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> well, there's lots of names for the what, right? This is church. We are the body of Christ, okay? So we've talked about the why we're for people. Now this is the, the what we're going to do. What, um, the what. And so what we are. People make up the body of Christ, okay? All right. So this is another something that is... It's kind of important to discuss that I think that we have maybe glossed over a little bit. When I say we, I'm talking about the collective like body of Christ. Um, we are born out of something into something, right? When we become a follower of Jesus, the scriptures describe that we are coming out of darkness into the light, right? So this is, and this is really important to understand because I think the value of church in a lot of people's minds is like, well, I accepted Jesus. Why do I need to go to church, right? Why do I need to, um, why do I need to be part of the body? Well, it's really important because you were saved out of darkness into something, into the body of Christ, right? Have you ever tried to do something and you, like, you've hurt your finger and you are missing a digit for a while? You ever tried, like, it changes everything, right? I've 
what, this is kind of gross. I won't talk about that. Anyway, I hit my thumb. I messed it up. When you lose function of your thumb, do you know how hard it is? Like, you just don't realize, like, how wonderfully and beautifully your body is made until you lose a part, right? Well, I love that Paul used the body to describe the body of believers, okay? Because it is really something um, that we can grasp a hold of, right? So Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, this is kind of the, the text that really supports this idea that we are four people, right? Okay, so let's read, read some of this here together. Starting in verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, right? That's what we're talking about. Why are we four people? Because people make up the church or the body of Christ. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son. I suspect that's going to happen right up until the day that Jesus returns. Now, I, you know, uh, that is just a, a personal opinion, right? Because the church, we have, we are going somewhere and we're growing somewhere. So, verse 13, we will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, right? So, we, the body of Christ, are for people because we need people to grow us into maturity. Now, sometimes that's great, right? If you're, uh, if you're on a sports team and you've got a coach, your coach is like telling you like, you know, the right things to do and helping you become really great. And then you've got that coworker at work that grinds you the wrong way. Any? No, I'm no don't raise your hand. <laughs> I shouldn't ask that, right? But even in that relationship, that guy or girl that's like just frustrating to you, there's growth to be had there, right? It says as iron sharpens iron, we, we sharpen each other. We grow together as the body of Christ into maturity, okay? Now, why is it important that we're part of the body of Christ? We're going to go on to verse 14, and it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. Amen. Don't we need some maturity? And I'm not talking just here at Faith Church, but globally, don't we need some maturity in the body of Christ? I'm convinced that the reason why churches in Fort Scott aren't filled is because people have the wrong mindset about who God is. And where do you suppose they got that mindset from? The church. Wow. Yeah. The reflection, the image bearers. And is it okay to say that in church? Is it okay to say that we've done some things in a not good way? We've done some things that have really hurt and wounded people. That's, that's the truth. Man, I, I, it just hurts my heart when I'm talking to somebody in the community and they're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm actually I'm done with church. I've been hurt too many times. And it just really stinks because that's not God's heart. But the body, we are the body, and we are, have areas of immaturity. We have areas of brokenness. We have areas of, of, uh, of areas of our, in our own hearts that are repentant, but we have to remember that every time we walk in those places, we are reflecting who God is to humanity. 
right? And I wish somehow I could, all those people that have been wounded, we could connect with them and say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive us collectively on behalf of my body, I, you know, that I didn't even know was out there that, that hurt you? Will you forgive us? Come back and, and have, let's change our mindset about who God really is. Let's go on to uh, verse, verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Amen. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, right? That's an important thing to remember. Who's the head of this church? Jesus, thank you. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I don't know, Pastor. Well, what, are you, what are you asking here? <laughs> okay, so yes, yes, Jesus is the head. We are the body. We have a lead pastor that, that takes the lead on some things, but, but he's not Jesus. He's following Jesus, right? We are following Jesus, right? And that's why we are for people, because Jesus is for people. We are his body. We are like Jesus is the head. Like, you know, Jesus, when he came to the earth the first time, he demonstrated through his body what we should be. Right? It goes on to say in verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And I love that. Because the responsibility falls on him. Right? If we connect with him, you want to know your purpose, your, your, your significance. We have to connect first to Jesus. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And don't you know, when we operate together, we can have a greater impact in our community, right? Individually, of course, you're going to have a role to play. But as a body, uh, I just wanted to pull just a few things that in 2021, this is really, really cool. Uh, together, we were able to, to buy $20,000 worth of school supplies. That's really cool. I couldn't have done that on my own. But together, we did. In 2021, together, we were able to give $10,000 to the Beacon, which is our local outreach ministry partner. We were also able to give $10,000 to Foursquare Disaster Relief, an international ministry partner. We were able to give $2,000 to Reach Guatemala, another international uh, uh, ministry partner. And I tell you that because together we can move forward. We can partner with Jesus to move the mission of what he wants to accomplish much further when we are together. Um, now, that's just kind of some dollar amounts. That doesn't count like the dozens of COVID baskets we handed out, which, by the way, uh, we're going to be making some more of those apparently because uh, COVID seems to be kind of running back around. But I love that we can put baskets out there and people just take them and deliver them to families who have COVID, who are watching online at home, who are just kind of down. Like that's how we love and grow the body together. So, um, so we are for people. Why? Because we're image bearers. What are the people? The people make up the body of Christ. 
And then the last thing that we want to, that kind of ties us all together is the how. How do we do this? So we've got three things that we like to think about. We're going to expand our circle. We're going to make room for more people to belong, and we're going to love people like Jesus, right? So, so what does that look like, right? Uh, so we're going to expand our circle. So how do families usually expand? <laughs> usually there's more people that come in, right? Usually in the form of a baby. Now, babies, um, sometimes they're expected. Most of the time they're expected. Sometimes they're not, right? But don't we make room for babies? <laughs> yeah, I hope so, right? There, I can't imagine anyone in here that if you were walking alone on a sidewalk and you saw a, a little baby over there on the sidewalk that you would just walk right on past. I can't imagine anybody would. Now, you may pick it up and be like, uh, I need some help. <laughs> I got a baby here, right? That's fair. We find somebody who's good with babies, okay? So as people give their hearts to Jesus, they are new. They were young in the faith, and so we want to make room for them. One of the ways we do that is, uh, or we want to expand our circles, and one of the ways we do that is from the moment they pull into the parking lot, right, we are greeting them. Like, do you love our parking lot guys? Are they awesome? Um, from the moment people pull into this place, we want them to know that, that we are for them. In fact, I heard one time they were like waving cars off the highway. They're like, hey, come to church. I was like, okay, well, cool. Um, so, you know, so, so, so we expand our circle, right? On a practical level, what, what else does that look like? It looks like if, if you see somebody new at church, go introduce yourself, right? Say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Um, I, you, know, you know, tell me about yourself. How'd you hear about? What are you doing? Who are you? Now, some people, you know, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got to go, <laughs> you know. But, but if there's none of that interaction, then we're not really doing a good job of expanding our circle, right? right? We want to connect with people. We want to let them know that we are for them. That's one of the reasons why we have serve teams. We have lots of serve teams because the serve teams are carrying out the mission that Jesus has given to us. We've got our parking lot team there, which are awesome. We've got, hopefully somebody should have opened the door. I know we're a little short because COVID is, you know, and uh, so hopefully you got your door open for you. That's important to us. If you're not on a serve team, we would love for you to, uh, to consider joining one, right? And you may look around and be like, eh, I don't, I don't see anything that I, I, you come and talk to me, we will find you, <laughs> we'll find you a good spot, right? Because that is how we expand our circle. We, we sacrifice, you know that baby? We're going to make sacrifices, okay? And that's sometimes when we expand our circles, that's what we're going to sacrifice some of our time and our energy. And our, but, but when we realize that baby, is it really a sacrifice? I mean, we might, I'm going to whine about it. If I don't get a full night's sleep, I'm going to whine about it. But is it really that big of a sacrifice? When you're holding that baby at 2 a.m. and they're kind of, you know, they're, they're smiling and giggling. And you're like, I wish you'd go to sleep. But, you know, we think it's inconvenient and it might be the next day. But, but it's out of love that we care for those babies. We care for those who, who've never heard a, hope give, a hopeful message about who God is and, and what they are. That's why we expand our circle. Um, we, uh, another real practical way is, you know, we, we may, you, you may really like the end seat. And I grew up in a church. I knew where not to sit. 
<laughs> I won't ask you if you have also been in a church like that, but it's like, you know, you're visiting churches and you sit in so-and-so seat and, you know, <clears throat> you learn real quick. You get, there's places not to, we don't, we don't want to be a church like that, right? I, we want to be a place where we are quick to, to give up our seats, to expand our circles, to welcome more, more people. We want to make room for people to belong. Um, there's a great chapter in here that, that Pastor goes through and talking about making room for people to belong. Make room for people in your prayers. Make room for people in your schedules. Make room for people in your preferences. That's how we love the body of Christ. The last one I want to talk about is um, loving people like Jesus. Um, I'm going to ask a little bit of a hard question. It's going to seem almost a little rude when I ask this question. But the reason I'm asking is because I know I know the answer to it. We want to love people like Jesus. Jesus has something to offer, right? Would you agree with that? Jesus has something to offer. My question is, what do you have to offer? That's if you're like, hey, maybe back up. <laughs> okay? But the reason I ask that question is because every person, because I know that you are an image bearer of God, you have something to offer. And most of the time when I'm talking to believers, like I spend a lot of time with college kids, you have more to offer than you have any idea. Right? Because I know what scripture says about you. Um, I was part of this prayer group, and I, I remember this lady saying, um, she said, we need to do a better job of putting a demand on people's gifts. And that was really weird until I started thinking about it. And I was like, that kind of sounds a little like, you know, I just need you for your stuff. But when we realize in the context of the body of the Christ, when one of us gets better, we all get better, right? When we grow, to, when one of us grows, we all grow. And we grow often under, in, in relationship with responsibility, right? Let me tell you what you have. And this is just a couple things. You all have a testimony. Every single one of you have a testimony. And you might be like, no, well, God really, like, okay, question number one. Did you wake up with breath in your lungs today? Yeah. Who did that? Did you do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, well, I can't. I mean, no, no, like, where does your breath? You, well, God opened your eyes this morning, Right? You have a testimony, and I know some of you might be like, well, that's kind of a weak one, and kind of everybody, like, like, let me explain, like, I just got to say this about testimony is, we have, w did anybody go to summer camp, like, as a kid, like, I, like, I went to summer camp, man, I was a camp rat, I worked there, I, all summer, I did the thing, and, like, the pattern was, you know, you do the, you know, you play all day, and then you have services at night, and usually they bring up, you know, a kid who has this you know, this big testimony, you know, they've been strung out on drugs and drinking and they gave their life to Jesus and everybody's crying and it was like, and, but, and that's great, but what it does to people who don't have that story, it makes them feel like, I don't, I guess I don't really have a testimony, All right? Now, it's incredible. We want to celebrate that, but I think we also need to celebrate the fact that we woke up this morning that you have a purpose, that God has called you and created you for something today, right? 
So you have a testimony that you can give others. You can pray for others. You can love others. I got to share with you what the Bible says about you. Okay? These are just seven things that I picked out. The Bible actually says much more about the believers. But this is really incredible. You, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are an ambassador to this world. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.20 says you are an ambassador. In John 15.5, it says you are branches interwoven into Jesus the vine. In Ephesians 2.19 it says that your citizenship is in heaven. You are citizens of another place, but also this place. In John 15, 14, it says you are friends of Jesus. In Romans 8, 17, it calls believers joint heirs with Jesus. That is a remarkable place of authority that I think few have leaned into and have searched out. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? In Matthew 5, 14, Jesus himself says, you are the light of the world. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, uh, you are a new creation. But don't you know that sometimes we spend, even though we are a new creation, sometimes we struggle with the old creation, right? And... Uh, and we have times and places that we, we sometimes we want to stay in that old creation. We forget that we're a new creation. That's why we need the body of Christ to remind us who we are. To teach us, to help us grow into maturity. To make room for more to belong. To expand our circles, right? You are image bearers. And now... Uh, Here's my, here's my invitation to you today is um, we as a body are going to start something starting tomorrow. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? So um, anything that we've talked about, if you're like, you know, I don't really feel like an ambassador. I barely know the Bible. <laughs> I, I get angry all the time. I like, like whatever, like there's no judgment we've, that's, that's just leaving the old and coming into the new. I want to invite you to this 21 days of prayer and fasting because it's the intentionality of engaging with God that changes us, right? You know, it's easy to think, oh, well, if God would just fix me, then everything would be okay. You know, just like, oof, like, God, oh, don't get angry anymore. Hey, that'd be awesome. Okay, I wish. And there are sometimes miraculous things like that happen, but most of the time, it's saying, Jesus, I need more. You know, we're talking about loving people. It takes Jesus to love like Jesus, right? We've got to have Jesus in order to love like Jesus. This 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, I would love to have you text in and join with us, right? Prayer and fasting. Fasting severs, helps us to sever these things, things of this world. And the prayer helps us to engage in the things of the reality that we're actually living in, right? So prayer and fasting together. Um, uh, if you would text in 21 days, we will send you the, uh, the, prayer, the, the prayer focus for that day and the scripture reference. And it would be 
fantastic, not only as a body, but for you individually, right? I really believe that God wants to do things in an accelerated way through 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I do hope that you would join us with that. Would you, would you stand up and, and grab your communion elements with us as we kind of close through this? Um, by the way, if you want to pull out your phone right now and text in, I, that will not bother me a bit. We would love to have you engage with us in that way. So as we take out the communion and we think about the, the bread and the juice, um, I want you to kind of think about this week is that, uh, you know, we are the body of Christ and it, it's a little bit of a kind of a strange thing, but we, when you look at the reality of it, we are in co-union with Jesus. I want you to think about that, right? That that is where we get our strength, our our, our, our hope for love is when we are fully engaged with Jesus. So, so as we eat, I want you to be reminded of that, that, that this is represents Jesus' body, that we are consuming, right? That we would become one. We want to be one with Christ, okay? So take and eat as you remember that. And as we drink the, the blood or the juice, the juice represents the blood for salvation. So drink with us. All right, I just want to pray over you as we leave here today. Father, we thank you for your body. We thank you that we are part of something. And right now, I just ask Holy Spirit that you would move amongst us that you would touch fears, doubts, insecurities, that you would minister to us, that you would stir up in us hope for what you've called us to do individually and as a body. Father, you are so good to us. You are for us, and we are for people. Teach us your ways, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you're if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.